Welcome to Healing Lives with Corey Gilbert, a podcast sponsored by the Healing Lives Center. Discover how to love and lead your family well and biblically. God created sex, marriage, and the family for our stewardship, growth, and benefit. My heart and passion is to teach, train, educate, and disciple Christians that want strong marriages and families. The Healing Life Center has been serving Christians since the year 2000. Its mission is to be a center for sex, trauma, and marriage education and transformation, where we offer counseling, coaching, courses, and speaking services to you, your church, or ministry. Check us out at HealingLives.com. A book that came out just about two months ago, I'm requiring all my students to read it, and it has been incredible conversations because they're like, where has this information been? Why are we not, why do we know this? Because where do you get your news from? <laughs> Basically, you can't. There's none that's trustworthy, I feel like. It's quite maddening, especially in this conversation. So it's a book called Lost in Translation. I've read it probably six times in the last two weeks. I just finished doing 15 podcasts about it and basically reading through parts of it. Because to me, it's so important that we understand and can prepare to have these conversations. Um, and I'll kind of show you some of the reasons. And again, if you don't, someone else will. Uh, don't, it doesn't matter where your kids are going to school either. But let's start with schools. What's happening in our schools? The reality today is teachers are making claims that if parents are not 100% affirming, they are the child's parent now. There's a push to break that relationship. And this is not just in schools, this is in um, med the medical field um, and lots of other places. I don't know about you or if you've tried to do this, I don't know of very many counselors I would trust right now. I just came from a, a conference last week, American Association of Christian Counselors in Nashville. I started going there in 1999, so it was my 24th year going amazing just I have to speak so fun um, on this and it's scary to me how many Christians are not standing up can your local counselor be trusted to come from a biblical worldview most are not most are actually afraid because you're going to lose your license Doing this and everything I do, my wife and I, every time we see a letter from the state of Oregon, we wonder if it's, it's the next thing to happen, because I'll lose my license at some point over this, and probably will. At the conference, I talked to the Alliance Defending Freedom, and I talked to the Liberty Council and others, because there are lawsuits going on right now that are pivotal to our uh, free speech and freedom of religion. And we've had eight wins, by the way, over the last months. There's another one pending in Washington that's so exciting. If it passes, it could change some of this. But one of the lawyers said, and I love this, he said, if you're a Christian counselor but you don't advertise you're a Christian counselor and you are hiding it, you have no religious freedom. You have to be overt. And everyone's afraid to be overt because you're then on the radar. I had a letter sent to Corbin last year demanding I be fired. Because of this. And for a week or so, I wonder what was going to happen. And luckily, they stood behind me. It's my area, it's biblical. Don't see the problem. Because um, that, I'd walk away from Corbin tomorrow if they don't stand on a biblical worldview. That's, that's a non negotiable for me. And then how I function as well. 
So counselors are a problem, I think. I mean, at point blank ask, how are you going to guide us? How are you going to guide my child if they're working with the family or with that child? It's critical. The term gender identity, I could spend hours on this one, isn't new. This came back from the 50s. John Money found two kids where they burned off one of the kids' penises, two twins, and so they decided let's raise them as a girl because gender is a social construct. And they did. Except the research findings years and decades later was, well, both of them died by suicide, one by drugs and one killed themselves overtly. Um, and when the kid discovered that he had been turned into a girl and wasn't a girl, his life made more sense. He switched back to being a boy and life was miserable. It was an utter failure. We're basing all this off that over a very broken doctor from the 50s. The other one is Alfred Kinsey. A deviant, deviant, deviant man that if you worked with him, every single person in his team had to have sex with everyone in the team, husband and wife and kids. Deemed as a researcher and all this amazing, the Kinsey Report and all these things, and the guy was a mess. These people affected our culture even to this day. If you go to Oregon State or any state university and take a human sexuality class, they look at Kinsey like a god. No, not at all. Which has led to this one the Castro Consensus. What is it? Follow. The same thing that Fidel Castro did. You disagree with me? I destroy you. That's what all the professional organizations are doing. Pediatric Association, APA, American Psychological Association, um, medical, the medical field, everything is, if you disagree, we will end you. That's what's happening right now, everywhere. And it was so amazing to be in Nashville which is a different culture even place, but all these people are going, yep, it's happening, it was happening everywhere, all corners of our country, not just Oregon. <laughs> then they go, oh, you're from Oregon. <laughs> a child is not a miniature adult, so that's what's being pushed. They should be able to consent at age five, or seven, or 10, to be a sexual toy to anyone that they choose because they have their free will. There should be no constraints. Um, I was at the doctor with my kids to get our Boy Scout thing signed a few few months ago, and the doctor was furious that I was in the room with my 15-year-old. She was so mad at me. It was really weird. My next one was fine. The 17-year-old, that doctor was different and didn't care, but this person was so rude. Because the age of whatever that is here in Oregon is pretty low, is it 14? 14. Yeah. Think about, didn't they lower it to 12 for like the rule? Hmm? So if I have need an abortion at age 12, what needs to happen? If I have a girl who's pregnant at 12. I just work for Planned Parenthood as one of their nurse practitioners. I was prescribing birth control for 11 year olds. Oh. And I was specifically instructed that I couldn't call the parents. Mm -hmm. And if the girl is pregnant at 11 or 12, what do we need to do? Somebody needs to die. <laughs> Just kind of saying, right? If you're the dad of these dads, you're with me on this one. <laughs> Someone needs to die. 
problem here. There's a disconnect here. Why? Because we got this easy out, which is scary. Here's a really, really difficult one. This is the one. This one is probably the one piece of the book that changed everything for me. The harmless allowance of social transitioning is the gateway drug to the assembly line. A lot of parents are allowing their kid to social transition because it seems to be harmless. Over 90% of kids who start that will end up on the hormones and will end up going on and being dysphoric for years if not decades. If they are left alone, 88 to 96% choose to be the gender they were assigned at birth. The sex they were assigned at birth. Like the data isn't even kind of iffy. It's weird to do nothing. But it seems so unloving when they're in such distress. And it seems like just switching clothes or cutting hair or doing these things would be no harm and foul. The research is showing very different. That it's opening a door that almost can't be shut. Especially for some of the detransitioners who said, I knew when I was laying on the table about to have surgery that I didn't want to do this, but I couldn't undo it because I had already had everyone bow to me, basically. So many of them are saying that. I couldn't say no. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't. And so this was, a, to me, very eye-opening, the research from that. And this is a book, basically, just chock full of research, research, research. Really nerdy. You love it. Because what are we doing when we do this? Surgeries. Iatrogenic persistence in the medical field. I create a client for life. Someone who actually didn't need to be a patient for life is now a patient for life. You were required to have those hormones for as long as you live. Why are you trying to force your body to be something it will never be? It gets worse. For those of us in this room who actually might have this be a part of our life or our, someone we know that we love, this is also a reality. Rehoming your child is a possibility. CPS can come here in Oregon and they can take our kids away. Which is why a lot of families end up just giving in. What I've been hearing from the detransitioners has been this, in terms of a boundary. Later on they go, they look at mom and dad especially, but also friends. One of two things. Thank you for not lying to me and sticking to the truth. As in no, no pronouns, no other name. Thank you. Or, why did you lean into my delusion and, and act like it was all okay. Why, you, were you, why weren't you standing firm? We need to stand firm on truth. That erosion of the parent-child bond which is happening is actually one of the most pivotal pieces of this. Because every piece of research says that the kid's success actually is tied to that parent-child bond. Which is being undermined by schools, by medical systems, by so many. But an area I deal a lot with is parents that I work with, their marriage is this close to ending. Because they're not handling it the same. And so he wants to use pronouns and she doesn't. 
um, or this or that, they're different. Yeah, of course you marry them. They are different. If you were the same, you'd cancel each other out. Be glad you're not in this. And so a lot of what I do is actually marriage counseling, working with the couple to protect your marriage in, this, in spite of where things are at. The book I recommend is um, Secrets of Sex and Marriage by Michael Seitzma. He's one of my um, teachers, uh, professors, one of my great friends. And he just came out with this in February. It's such a great book uh, of just good research, but also biblical teaching about the importance of this part of our marriage and to protect us as a couple. Oh, yay. Look at that picture. Best day of my life. My wedding day. 20 years ago. Marriage is awesome. If you very well, if you didn't, sorry. <laughs> and here's another one, euphemisms. Language, we, we know this, the language is being hijacked left and right. Zero percent regret rate. No, we're not researching that. We're not collecting data on that. That's what's happening. They don't want to know. And this book kind of shows all the, the expose on that, which is really good. Top surgery. You know, it's called a double mastectomy of two healthy breasts. And then the author, Dr. Mary Grossman, goes, I've had that. I had cancer. You're fine. This is wrong. Joy of binding. What a lot of girls are doing, which is pressing their breasts and destroying the tissue in the breasts. And this is not fixable. This is harm for life. Yet it's harmless, or it's not caught oftentimes. Or a faux vagina or a faux penis. So if I take skin and I make a hole inside and make a faux vagina, a fake vagina, what is that to my body? It's called a wound, exactly. So your body is fighting to seal it up. So you have to use dilators constantly to try to keep it open, keep it open, keep it open. And the irony is there is no sensation usually left because of all the surgeries. They try, but... So I'll never feel an arousal. I'll never have any sensation. It's all destroyed, including nipples, so there's that, that's gone. Um, it's terrifying. But a new one, we're, we're not going to stop there. We're going to take a step forward. You've probably heard of, um, have you heard of maps? Minor attractive persons. Oh. Yeah, we've got to make it sound pretty. And it's got to be gender nothing. No, pedophile. They still, they're still saying, well, it's not a person who's offending. A person just has the attraction. They should be protected. No. So we have a problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been coming for a while. That's actually here. Here's a new one, though. The new low. Because the surgeries, they have to do whatever they are being asked. It's a eunuch. So you just remove all my genitals and make it just kind of flat and smooth. Men who are asexual, who are... I'm just going to be nothing. I'm nothing. No, you're hurting and you're lost and you need help. And so Sweden and UK and all these other countries have actually discontinued all these surgeries and said, the research is saying we need to step back from this. And America and Canada are going full steam ahead right now. I hope it changes really soon, but we've had a couple of clients close. But here's another really good one, though. 
The suicide data often quoted to myth. Yes, kids that are struggling with are a higher chance of suicide, about equal to anyone else with any other mental health struggle as a teenager. But it's not, if I don't transition, I'll kill myself. There's a Swedish study, a really good documentary on YouTube um, in Swedish with voiceover that's really terrible. But um, they were talking to doctors who just really didn't, they believed what they heard. And what they were showing was, of all the, the boys and girls that didn't get to have the surgery or in that waiting pattern, that you were saying that there's this high suicide rate, there were zero. But what they're finding in those countries, because they're ahead of us, is about seven years post-surgery, the suicide rate skyrockets. We're not there yet here. What's the name of the documentary? No idea. Swedish, trans, type in that on YouTube, and it's like a four, four or five part, really long, really good, because it's just, it's interacting with the doctors. And honestly, it's really neat, because the doctors are like, I thought I was helping. So many of them really did. Even in America, there's a lot of doctors. I thought I was helping counselor. I thought I was protecting. No. And we get that with abuse and some of the stuff that counselors might hear stuff and I need to not share it with parents. And I get that. I understand. And then that struggle there. But our parents are allowed to parent. Or our parents seen as the enemy. We're not out of there. And so we'll, I won't do it today, we'll do this next time, but this is what I go into to help walk a teenager, walk, and we'll do this next week a little bit, um, and we'll have more Q&A time because I didn't, have, didn't get there today, but um, there is a created order. What does God's Word say about God's created order in Genesis? There's disorder, sin entered the picture, which by the way, work was part of pre Sin. So we remember that with our, our jobs and work. And we were meant to work. It's a good thing. Sin, there's a picture, and there's disorder. And what am I supposed to do with that? Who am I in the midst of God's design today in the world we live in? Because I believe it's extremely redemptive. And it's beautiful. We're only here for yet just a flash in the big picture of things. And so how do I find my place? How do I find my design, if you will. I feel like what I see in America, and even among Christians, is we're just kind of punching a clock and doing a job. We've lost hope. We've lost purpose. And you'll be a different person physically, emotionally, spiritually, if you know your purpose and you're living into it and you're going to whatever gifting or calling God has in your life. Um, it's hard. What I do weighs on my wife and her stress of what's going to happen and you know what's going to be coming around the corner. What's yours? What are your kids? How are we helping them launch? And to me, that's a huge burden for me as we help one another do this well. Let me pray for us. Dear God, thank you so much that you're the designer, you're the author, and you're perfect. God, may we constantly, always, daily seek you. There's things we have questions about. There's things we're struggling with. There's things that we're right now locking horns with one of our kiddos. 
And I just pray for your insight, your guidance, maybe even an outside voice, a friend, someone else that can step in there and um, be a, a teammate, a partner. I pray for the marriages here that you'll be, a, that you'll protect them, that you'll allow them to have time to pull away, to be together, to laugh. And sometimes laughter hasn't been around for a while. God, I just thank you that you made us as relational beings. May we remember that there is an order, and what's happening a lot around us is disorder, and that we need to come back to your word and to follow your design, Lord. And thank you for this time for each person here, each family. May we lead well in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to the Healing Lives with Corey Gilbert podcast. It has been an honor to serve. If you are struggling, have questions, or in need, Dr. Gilbert offers a free consultation for new clients. Check us out at healinglives.com to book a call. If this has been helpful to you, please share it, leave a review, and help us get the word out so that we can see lives changed, marriages transformed, and more people come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. The Healing Lives Center offers online courses, programs, books, intensives, and other services to help you live biblically and well. Discover more resources on YouTube and in Dr. Gilbert's Healing Marriage Facebook group, The Healing Marriage.